Hi and welcome to Twisted Talks. I'm Tanya. I'm Josh. And today Josh is going to be delighting us with an Irish case, you said? Yes, this one is an Irish case. It's um an old one as well. Mm. Now How bear with me if I have a few slow moments. We're on hangover day two. <laughs> um not as bad as day one, but also not ideal all the same. Um anywho, getting into it I suppose anyway, as Tanya said. So, this week's one is an Irish case. It dates back, not quite, but almost 100 years. Um, and it's the case of the Malahide murderer. Okay, so, I don't think I've actually heard of this one. I had never heard of it before until I started kind of Googling case ideas. And I said, um, I just looked specifically at Ireland. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to be the only one that, um, that I came across that had a, a few. Um, like, I suppose that would be considered a... Mass murder or serial killing. Okay, More of a mass true. murder, actually. Than it's not a serial killing, it's a mass murder. Like I would be quite familiar with a lot of Irish cases. Because, uh, as you know, I am a murder most Irish stan. Um, but I honestly don't think I've ever heard of this one. Yeah, now, it probably this episode might be a bit shorter than the previous ones. Because, mm-hmm. I suppose, with it being an older case as well. Um, it was, I suppose, pretty straightforward. And... There wasn't as much information available as there was with a lot. I had to go through quite a lot of different articles and so we're, pick we're and choose a bit. So kind of going back to like the nineteen. You know, I'm not good at maths. The nineteen hundreds, anyway. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, I'll get to that, but yeah. So this episode might be a little bit shorter than than the previous ones, but it's just still an interesting case. Um. So anyway, it all starts at La Manca or Mancha, I don't know, I'd say Manca because I think it's a Spanish house in Malahide, Dublin, which today is the site of um, Ardnamara Estate. Uh, now, La Manca was a Georgian house that was originally built in the mid-18th century by a family of the name Henley. Um, the house um, was described in an 1836 ordnance survey as a neat three-storey slated modern house in good condition with ornamental trees scattered over the front lawn of the house which is Ooh. also neatly laid out it said you know they got the landscaping you know ornately ornately scattered throughout you know, the garden a bit like me yesterday but not so ornately <laughs> but um scandalously oh that's more of a yeah but um as with most houses this house passed through, do you know, it had many owners during its time mm-hmm. until its final inhabitants, the McDonald family. Uh McDonald or McDonald? McDonald. Like the curry. Yes. <laughs> like the curry. curry. Okay. Um the McDonalds were originally from Ballygar in County Galway and they lived at La Manca for quite a bit of time, a few years anyway, until one day in March nineteen twenty six. And then it, yeah, that's when all went tits up. But um, <laughs> so on Wednesday, March thirty first, nineteen twenty six, Henry McCabe, a local gardener hired by the McDonalds, spotted smoke coming from the house, and as any good citizen would do, raised the alarm. Yes. Uh, um, Henry was born in eighteen seventy seven. Was described as a mild mannered man. He was married and had nine children. The youngest being nine months old. The Is good he man? Catholics. He lived in Malahide at uh, Parnell Cottages. So he's also a 
I don't know, Malahydian. Um, he's, he's a dub. Yeah. Um, once the house was finally entered, six bodies were found inside. The victims were Joseph and Peter MacDonald, who were brothers aged 55 and 51. Their sisters, Annie and Alice, aged 56 and 47. As well as two others who were employed by the family, Mary McGowan and James Clark, aged 50 and 41. You look like you just had an epiphany of sorts. No, sorry. I just think it's weird because... Um I used to work with two sisters called Annie and Alice. <laughs> Cutest little girls I've ever met. Oh my good God. Um, Henry was the only person with ties to the house to still be alive. Um, most of the bodies were found in the upper rooms of the house and were charred almost beyond recognition, but were identified as Joseph, who had been in bed sick, his two sisters Annie and Alice, and one of the employees, Mary. Uh, James Clark was found in his bedroom, which was located in the basement, with what seemed to be defensive wounds on his forearm and a deep wound across the left uh, front of his skull. And then Peter was found in a back room with clothes spread over his body. Okay, interesting. Um, now, one strange thing about the case is... Now, there's kind of... In, in a couple of the things I looked at, there's conflicting statements on this kind of part, so pinch of salt... Uh, one strange thing about the case is that the bodies of the three men were found naked. Now, I some of my research kind of stated that it was completely naked. Others stated, you know, partially naked or half naked. So I just put down, you know, found naked to some degree mm-hmm. anyway. Um, Maybe they were having an orgy. Incest with really the inappropriate. staff. But, um... Found. Oh yeah, so while Peter McDonald had clothes spread over him, he was supposedly not actually wearing any or much clothing. Okay. Um, and then a few, by obviously a few hours later, the bodies had obviously been moved out and they were lying on the front lawn, um, having all been removed from the house, which had now been destroyed by the fire. Um, a murder investigation began immediately and was directed by Superintendent O'Halloran. Um, two days after the fire, Henry McCabe was arrested for questioning and brought to the Malahide Civic Guard Barracks, what we now know as a guard station or in other countries, a police station, um, where he was interrogated for three and a half hours. And, you know, why, why would we interrogate Henry? He raised the alarm. It couldn't possibly have been him. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry McCabe gave the following statement. And again, this statement is something that I could only kind of find um, on one article and I couldn't find it backed up by other articles, but I'm going to read it anyway, read it anyway and assume that it is legit. legit. Um, otherwise, someone's got a very good imagination. Um, so Henry said, I am a gardener by profession and was employed by the McDonald family since they came to Malahide about six years ago. I noticed some weeks ago that the family seemed very quiet with each other, but friendly. I have never known them to quarrel. Peter was sick on Monday last and confined to bed, his brother had told me. Annie was sick on Monday, Joe told me also. I did not see her since 12 noon on Monday when she asked me to kill a chicken for her. I saw Alice on Monday 29th down in the kitchen a few times. She seemed to be in her usual health. I last saw Mary McGowan on Monday up to 5pm. She was then in her usual health. Alice was known locally as Mad Alice and at times she would come out into the garden with her hair streaming around her and and she's screaming and generally appearing like a person in hysterics. Um, At times Peter seemed very abnormal in his manner and used to run around uh, in a circle in the yard. 
then throwing himself down on the ground, he used to laugh like a schoolboy. Joe seemed to be sensible, but used to never speak to anybody. Mood. Um, there had been three different cooks there to my knowledge and each of them has told me that Joe used not to speak to any of the family even at meals. The only member of the family he used to speak to was Peter and then only on few occasions and in the conversation was strictly business. Um, I've never seen two of them together in my life, not even on a train or anything. If two of them were travelling in the same train, I have known them to be in separate carriages. Oh, on Tuesday night, uh, 30th of March uh, 1926, I was sitting in the kitchen along with Joe reading the paper. I left about 8 o'clock p.m. and attended a wake in the locality. I left the corpse house at about 7.45 a.m. on Wednesday. Is that what they used to call funeral homes? No, the house, I suppose, where everyone was dead. So they're at the Lamanca house. Oh, the corpse house. Yeah, yes. No, so it would either the corpse house, yeah, the probably where it's the wake he's referring to. Yeah, so it would that been, never occurred to me. Because I know um, a lot of Irish families like to, um, when they have someone die, they like to have the wake in their in the home. So the coffin would be like in the sitting room or something of the house. Yeah. Now in my family, we've always done the funeral home. Probably because the, Same, house, is, I know. the house was too small for the amount of family that I have. But... Um, good old Catholics but yeah I've never heard corpse house before sorry that threw me no I hadn't actually I was assuming that that meant the house with the bodies in it but no it means that the corpse house isn't the wake he was referring to have been or the whatever he said it was um, so yeah and I do find interesting how much he's like going into the fact of making them a sound like oh yeah they, they got on but they didn't talk mm, they got on but they used to never speak to each other do you know but anyhow they were, they were civil I'm so going back, because I just wanted to, I'm just double checking something. Um, oh yeah, the corpse house. Yeah, so he says he left there um, at about the, the corpse house at about 7.45 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, on Wednesday morning and went home, washed his face. You know, just freshening up. Mm-hmm. Washed my face and started for McDonald's. And when I arrived at the gate, um, I noticed smoke issuing from all the chimneys. Before I got up to the house, I noticed a gush of smoke coming out of the bathroom window. The bathroom is over the kitchen in the back of the house. I then ran up to the house and I saw the big gate leading to the yard open. I then ran straight to the kitchen door and found it had been burst open and the lock broken and lying on the steps inside. I proceeded in as far as I could in the passage and found part of the stairs collapsed and in flames um, in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. The other portion of the stairs was burning over my head. I shouted up through the house but got no reply, but only the noise of a fierce fire upstairs. I then ran back, running to the gate lodge, and I met Mrs. Riley on the road. I told her what I saw, and then I ran to the Civic Guard barracks and reported the matter. And that's end of statement. Okay. So... At first, um, the police apparently suspected that Peter MacDonald must have lost his reasoning during the night and having slain the whole household, set the place on fire and succumbed himself to heart failure or was suffocated by the smoke or poisoned himself. Right. Now, I don't quite understand how someone succumbs themselves to heart failure. Do you just manifest (laughs) it? Heart attack, heart attack, heart attack. Yeah, do you know? But... um, 
But this was apparently based mostly on the statement given by Henry McCabe. Okay. Um, because he's the only living kind of person who discovered the fire, yeah. and you know, um, rumors began. Um, typical Irish town. And yeah. neighbours theorised as to who within the house could have been responsible. They mentioned that there were apparently, quote-unquote, peculiarities about Alice MacDonald in particular. Now, however, those close to the family dismiss any conflict between the family members and deny there being any real evidence of any predisposition to such an extremity of madness, so they said, okay, among so any Alice, of them. Mad Alice was not mad. Yes, exactly, or at least not as mad as she was being made out to be. Then again, this is the 1900s. Um, this is when it was like the peak of women, and women are hysteric. They have hysteria you know, because they have periods and they need to be in asylums. Just day in the life mm. of sexism and ignorance but anyway yep. <laughs> um however as the investigation went on attention switched to henry as the main suspect i don't know about you but i would never have seen that coming no like he found the fire he raised the alarm how how could it be henry peace treaty give him one <laughs> big big trophy <laughs> maybe a biscuit would <laughs> you like a medal or a biscuit look um during the investigation, it was found that all the doors at Lamanca, I really hope I'm saying that right, were barred and bolted, while McCabe apparently anxiously showed the Garda a small back door to the property, which had been smashed open, which had obviously suggested a robbery had taken place and that the fire was set to hide the evidence. Mm-hmm. Superintendent O'Halloran, who was in charge of the case, did not believe this version of events, and during the course of the investigations, multiple interesting facts came to the surface. Right. Spooky. Yeah, but the back door, it turned out, had been smashed from the inside, not the outside. Okay, so it was someone trying to get out of the house, or the murderer had staged, staged it. it to yeah. try and deflect. And then, yeah, but I'm like, if you've any bit of brains, would you not go and break it from the outside so that it seems like it was broken from the outside? See, remember, we know these things because we wouldn't get caught we're, we're true crime fanatics and we not incriminating ourselves at all many yeah. years of CSI and law and order and criminal minds murder and, yep and all that shit so we know if you're breaking in if you're staging a break in you break the glass inwards you break the door inwards you don't break it outwards do it right. because the forensics can tell but this is the early 19th so obviously no f- early 20th not century. major forensics but they were able to tell that it's broken from the inside not the outside exactly but that knowledge wouldn't have been around back then unless you were some kind of in the community probably of yeah crime um so it's probably just um, so a large safe was found open then the key to which was found in Henry McCabe's possession uh it was also noticed that Henry was wearing a pair of trousers that had belonged to one of the dead brothers um on the day of the fire how did they know they belonged to one of the dead guys? I don't know. I didn't find out how they knew that, but I do know that I suppose back then didn't a lot of people have their name stitched into the They would have, yeah, I suppose. Into the clothing, mm-hmm. into the yeah. So I'm assuming maybe something like that. Go or, on, Henry, let me check the label on your pants. Yeah, there. good boy That's there not now. Your name. That's not your name, Henry. Bold Henry, bold. <laughs> don't be horrid, Henry. <laughs> love that <laughs> um, the pathologist found that the victims James Clark should have bled more and concluded that James was killed somewhere else and that his body was moved um, now I heard no more about that but I'm assuming he was either killed 
I would assume killed somewhere in the house on yeah, the grounds anyway at least and then moved down yeah um or do you know maybe if it's possible depending on how quickly he died maybe he tried to crawl away and just ended up downstairs but i would not be crawling mm. for the basement and if i, I was trying to get out a trail of blood yeah see there's um, that as well whereas there was no mention of that but i suppose like i said some information on this case is quite sparse mm-hmm. um that's a good word yeah uh, i like that word uh medical medical reports also discovered that there were trace amounts of arsenic in some of the bodies not lethal doses but enough to make them weak it was also said that each victim had died before the fire was even set um, they would have been dead by about 5pm on the Monday one of the doctors had said and let's just remember this fire wasn't until the Wednesday Okay. whereas the doctor claims that they were probably dead by 5 o'clock on the Monday that's two um, days Henry stated he had seen was it Alice? Alice on the Monday in the kitchen well, yeah it's a one of them at some stage so. Annie or Alice, but Annie was sick and so was the brothers. One of the brothers, I don't know, was it Peter. Or I think so. two there's of them of, were. There's a lot of names going on here. Um, <laughs> but yes. So they were probably they were, sick from the poisoning. Yes. In, you know, a bit of arsenic on a, of a Monday evening. Mm, tasty. Nightcap. <laughs> no, no, permanent nightcap. Um, anywho, um, a fire poker which had what, which, blah, blah, blah. I'm just looking at some of my research and I'm like, can you grammar? Because <laughs> a fire poker which had what appeared to be brain matter on it was found near Peter. Um, firemen on the scene noted that it was clear the fire was started in multiple areas of the house mm-hmm. and was apparently started by the spreading and lighting of a flammable spirit. Mm-hmm. But wasn't the vodka, don't waste the vodka. Mm-hmm. As time went on, it became clear that Superintendent O'Halloran had constructed his case well and the evidence built up against Henry McCabe. After some time, McCabe signed a confession statement and was sent to trial at Kilmainham Court in November of that year, 1926. Standing in the chapel here in no Kilmainham Jail. But, um... Oh, that's, Sorry, I like that song. Um, the judge of the trial ended up throwing out the confession statement as they believed it was not signed voluntarily. Um, I don't think lives are taken voluntarily either, but mm. that's none of my business. Henry also continued to proclaim his innocence throughout the trial. More than 60 witnesses gave evidence of coming and goings to the house over the last days of March, and it seemed that McCabe had on multiple occasions steered visitors away and said that the McDonald's were unwell. Hmm. Uh, one motive that was put forward for the killings was, you know, obviously as we originally mentioned, robbery. He's a um, thief. Sheila O'Reilly, a former housekeeper at La Mancha, or La Manca, tested, testified that there was a considerable amount of jewellery in the house. And actually, well, I remember it because it's not something I wrote down. Uh, La Manca is a place in Spain. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming, you know, they probably named it after that. But what I also find funny is in Spanish, um, La Manca is also a way of saying a spot or like a stain. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's interesting that that many people got murdered in the house that translates to a stain. Yeah, it's a stain on the property. It was quite literally written on the walls. But, um, so yeah, considerable amount of jewellery in the house, so one motive could have been robbery. But there are also sources that claimed McCabe could have been afraid he would lose his job due to the impending sale of the house. And the house had recently been put up for sale with a short ad appearing in the Irish Times. Good old Irish Only Times. days before the murders and fire. Now, okay, um, 
I don't get that because I'm like, you're also not going to have a job if the people you work for are deceased. Mm-hmm. But anyway, who knows what goes through the mind. I'm sorry, I'm kind of stuck on the arsenic because he's the gardener. Mm. So he's in charge of the grounds, the landscaping, making sure the ornately placed How do you get trees. it into them? Exactly. Now, I know you did say he was reading a newspaper with one of the brothers on one of the nights and left at like 8pm, so maybe they were drinking together and he like spiked his drink. I personally think it's more likely that the cook probably poisoned them with the arsenic because the cook. But then again, I suppose one of the food. ways you could look at it too is he'd still have access to the kitchen, so he could have put it in something he knew the cooks would be using. I suppose, yeah. That does make like into the into the milk or something. Or do you know, like it's I suppose it's in how like it's um it the the house wasn't like uh, it was a big house obviously, but it mm. wasn't like what you'd consider to be like a mansion or anything like that. So like um I suppose you know maybe the people helped each other out so like maybe the odd time he might help in the kitchen if they were stuck or do you know sometimes how you have people yeah. now there's that's just me speculating there's mm. nothing to point to that but yeah it is a bit weird as to you know does the arsenic through food was it you know what way was it done mm. um um so evidence against mr mccabe included blood-stained clothing that was removed from his house as well as access to weed killer, which contained some amount mm. of arsenic. Right, okay. Henry McCabe's defence dismissed the blood-stained uh, clothing, saying that it would be common among manual workers, and argues that Mr. McCabe wouldn't have the necessary knowledge to extract the arsenic from the weed killer. Um, I mean, yeah, if you're not smart enough to break a door from the outside instead of, and, and you break it from the inside, I feel like... You're probably not going to be able to get arsenic out of a weed killer. But then again... How does one do that? I like to think we're quite intelligent. I couldn't figure that one out. probably have to fucking distill it somewhere, but... um, Like, this man doesn't seem like a chemist. Thinking, like, would he have had to extract it? Like, could he not have just put the weed killer... Like, it could have been... Because I know I've seen, like... But I'd assume that if... if That, like, if we're... Like, seems able to detect the arsenic in it, that it would have detected the other chemicals that would be in a weed killer, so they would have been able to specify that it was a weed killer, and that would be the evidence against him. Whereas it seems that only arsenic showed up. Okay, because I was going to say, I know I've seen powder weed killers and I've seen like sprayable, well, they're sprayable now, like liquid yeah. weed killers. So like if it was the liquid, he could have put it into like something that they drank. Yeah. If it was the powder, he could put it into a bag of flour or something. My throat just made a weird noise. But I don't know, like that is strange, but he could have also like just gotten arsenic. Somehow. Like from an apothecary or something. But then I wonder, I'm like, back then was arsenic that readily available? Because I feel like would they theorise that he got it out of weed killer if it was so readily available to just pop to a certain type of shop and buy it? I do feel like arsenic was around a lot in like the 18th, 19th, 20th, like early 20th century, but that is mostly with US murder cases. Yeah. Um... So yeah, I don't know. It's a hard one to kind of... Where'd you get the arsenic, Henry? Yeah, is Tell it us. from Weed Killer? But how would you have figured that one out? Should we crack out the Ouija board and ask him? Stop. <laughs> um, that is not. Okay, like, did that you is, do it, though? That is just um, not. Uh, so a guard, as well, that had looked after Henry while he was on remand, also testified against him, saying to the guard, 
he said to the guard that he had asked the guard to pass a message to his wife to ask her to lie about the trousers he was wearing by saying that he had been given them a few weeks earlier. Henry. The truth, of course, more likely being that Henry had ruined his own pants during the arson and murders and needed to change as quickly as possible. Henry. Um, am I the only one who, when I was researching this, I was like, oh, look, it's, the B- it's BTK with the floppy disk. I was like, are they just all on a roll? They're all just catching themselves out. Yeah. Like, okay, fair enough, that doesn't, like, you know, okay, he could say, yeah, I want my wife to lie that I was giving them because I did steal them, but I didn't murder anyone, do you know? Mm. But, like, come on. I do think... Of all I... things to try and cover your arse, well, huh. <laughs> pants. <laughs> he did cover his arse with someone's pants that weren't his, and then told a prison guard to tell his wife to lie about it. So, like, you Fucking know... Fucking Egypt. As you do. Now, at the conclusion of the trial, Justice O'Byrne told the jury, if you are satisfied that McCabe was the only person who could have committed this crime, you must find him guilty. If you have any reasonable doubt, you must give him the benefit of it. Okay. I just love to hit that phrase, yeah. anyway. Any reasonable doubt, give him that benefit of it. Not give him the benefit of the doubt, give him the benefit of... it. It. He worded it, it. like Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> He did, he worded it like Yoda. He's like, this is my courtroom. I will speak how I want to speak. <laughs> but um, when Mr. McCabe was given the opportunity to say something, he simply stated, I can only say, God forgive you and the people who swore falsely against me, I have been the victim of bribery and perjury. Mm. A bold statement. Yes. And not even in his own pants. <laughs> the jury, after just under an hour deliberation, found Henry McCabe guilty of the crime and he was sentenced to hang at Mount Joy Jail. On the morning of December 9, 1926, a Thursday, Henry McCabe was executed by hanging at Mount Joy Prison by Thomas Pierpoint, the English hangman, as Ireland did not have their own hangman, hangmen. Um, or hangman. I suppose we. And his body was buried in an unmarked grave within the prison walls. And the Pierpoint family is. I didn't look into it much, but it's actually a famous uh, English family of hangmen. Like it's it's in the. It's the family trade. It's the family trade, yeah. It's passed down. Essentially. I, I hung men, my father hung men, my grandfather hung men, my great grandfather hung men. And afterwards and we, we hung out men. and had a beer. <laughs> That's um. But yeah, that's an interesting like, um. Because when you think about tradition. it, ni- nineteen twenty six is scarily close to think that people were still people being, were still being eaten up into the sky, being hung. That was a very weird way to put yeah, it. But yeah. I'm not. Um, my brain. When you think about it, it's not working. We had had independence with about what ten years at that point. Do you know what's really bad? The first time you said independence, I was like, "What's the music festival? I have to do with any of this?" So that was indie. Um, so ten years, and we still didn't have our own hangman. You know. Um. So anyway, even though McCabe had stren- strenuously proclaimed his innocence throughout the entirety of the investigation and the trial that followed, there were newspaper reports after his execution that claimed certain facts were known to the police as they went about building their case against McCabe, Mm -hmm. but the Code of Criminal Procedure forbade their use in the case for the prosecution. This is referring to a law at the time where it was not allowed to reference any past criminal acts or deeds of a person who was on trial for their life. Okay. 
which I think so, is honest to God, the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So because... Because it was like, if he wasn't on trial for his life, I think, and he was only on trial for, let's say, prison type, right. everything could have been taken into account. But because it, but was, because it was for his life, the death penalty was on, it had to be just this specific thing. They couldn't. And no past things could be used against him or, just, or brought up. That's weird, because it's like character testimony. But I'm like, how does that work if you're like a serial killer? It's like you get caught for killing man or woman number nine, but you didn't get caught for the first date, so I'm on trial for my life. So does that mean I get... I think it means maybe past convictions. Offences, I'm assuming, yeah. So like and that's anything, actually where we're heading. So anything that the police... So we'll say if you were caught for murder in fucking 1910, and then you did your 10 years, you got out, you murdered again. You, were, you were on for the death penalty, then they couldn't bring in your past murder conviction. Yeah. Which is weird, because that is a massive testament to the character Exactly. Of of whether like if you don't have any past things maybe you just snapped and lost the plot and maybe you need help or maybe you're a, mm. a psychopath one or the other yeah. um combination of both um but anywho like then you know then it's kind of like okay they snapped maybe we can kind of rehabilitate them mm-hmm. or or at least monitor She's them um but like with this guy there's a history um which i'm about which i'll get on to now but it's like that just says, okay, they've done it once or they've done something dodgy once mm-hmm. or twice or however many times and now they've done it again. So, like, why would we want this person on our streets? Now, I'm not someone who's all, um, exactly all there for capital punishment, mm-hmm. but but I do think he should have spent his life in prison anyway. Mm. Um, anyhow, um, it, is said that, it is said that apparently Henry McCabe had originally immigrated from Dublin to England at an early age. And that he quickly found himself at odds with the law. At right. odds. At odds. Being involved. No, just just minor disagreements. Being involved in some unspecified crime in northern counties of England, for which he served prison time. Mm-hmm. After being released, he made his way to Birmingham, where he got a job Birmingham. in a small arms factory. Henry became involved in a relationship with a woman. And subsequently was put on trial for her attempted murder. Wait for it. Attempted murder in which he served 15 months 15 in prison months. for this offence. 15 months. I just tried to kill for you. but to kill this woman. A, a year. 15 months. And three months. You tried to kill that woman. So you're going to go and sit in jail. People here do more time for their fucking TV licence. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> or for having fucking weed on them or something. Do you know what I mean? Like. Like. And this man's attempted murder, and it's like, yeah, sure, look, Here, this is loads. When we start getting into more Irish cases, you're going to be so angry at the Irish justice system. Because I know, as I said earlier, I'm a Murder Most Irish fanatic. If you've not listened to Murder Most Irish, you're living To be fair, this point, what justice system is there not to be pissed off with? But they've covered predominantly Irish cases, and just from like listening to them because like I'm up to date on them because I power I have them added to my list oh, but I, I haven't them. watched I any yet apart from what I might, I might have heard them. of you like they are idols to me I fucking love these women I'm a red handed gal myself but, like just that wasn't a confession of guilt by the way that's the name of the podcast <laughs> but seeing, very good well hearing how much the Irish justice system has let victims down in the past has like made me so angry at times yeah. We'll get into that as we, as we go. There'll on. be episodes that that'll um, yeah. become apparent. Yes. Um, You'll be angry too. McCabe then eventually made his way to Malahide and was hired by a man called Robinson as a gardener at La Manca. Mm-hmm. Once Robinson died, the house was sold to the McDonald family who kept McCabe as their gardener. I call that a bad decision. Mm. 
seven years after the events at Lamanca, a local boy called Denning was working in the garden of a house on Church Road in Malahide Village. While digging, Denning discovered two silver watches on the soil. One was inscribed with the name James Clark, and the other inscribed J. McD. So Joe. Beside the second watch was a gold Albert chain that had a sovereign case attached to it. Now I didn't have a bloody notion what a sovereign case was What's until I googled it. Chain? Um, and it's just the way that it's a chunky chain. But what I'll do okay. is I will, when this episode is coming out, I will post a photo on the Instagram of the case. Well, not the specific one, but mm-hmm. I have an example of a case in the chain that they're referring to. Right, and what's um, the sovereign case? Sorry, I um, you there. I don't even know that that's all attached to the photo okay, um, yeah, because it's too it's an old fashioned looking thing like almost looks like um, do you know the flip watches you used to get that hang off of a chain well, like the circular watch, watch like kind of but the ones not the ones that are open like as in you click it closed like a, a gentleman would wear it sovereign case Albert chain but um, it's just a very fancy looking vintage case type okay, of thing that hangs right, on a chain. Okay, very antique looking. I suppose obviously not at the time. But Okay, so it yeah, okay. It's quite okay. pretty, but right. also looks expensive, especially I suppose for the time. Yes. Um, especially if it was real, real gold. Real gold, yeah, and I'd assume it was. Um Denning picked them up and obviously quickly made his way to his father. Denning's father immediately went to the local guard station and a full scale search was ordered. It wasn't possible to link the items to the murders, but this was surely too much of a coincidence to not be related to them. Um, it was claimed that Henry McCabe had actually one time worked in this same garden and had planted the shrubbery that was surrounding the jewellery that was okay. found. So many people believed the discovery of these items in a place where McCabe had previously done work was further proof that he had indeed been the perpetrator. Okay, so he now, buried it to come back later. Yeah, and as well over. as this... Um, Search. There had been a series of searches after the murder in an attempt to recover certain items that they believed to have been taken from the home. And these searches were focused on the areas just over the wall from the Manca uh, in the Malahide Demence, but nothing was ever found. Now, Demain. other people Demain. also said... Domain. Domain, yeah, it is. That, oh, the <laughs> spelling of that throws me off so much. Domain. But yeah, the Malahide Domain, not Demence. Yeah. Um... I was like, why is she repeatedly saying domain? And then I was like, I actually remember when I looked up the pronunciation or pronunciation of it when I was um, doing the research, I was like, why spell it like that? See, I only know how to pronounce it because I live out by the domain. domain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyhow, now I don't know if if it's further down or if I've gone past it and not read it out. Um, but basically another theory was which I'm more inclined to believe that mm-hmm. they were put there by Henry McCabe and that he was going to come back for them or, or you know sell them but like who's to say like we don't know how long they were there with mm-hmm. so who's to say that he took them then after the murders or did he already steal them before could have been but then again a family like that I'd imagine would have already reported something like that to the guards or Probably. looked into it so I imagine they must have been taken from the corpses yeah um, from the house before it was set on fire because yeah because we have to remember these people the doctor said were more than likely dead by one o'clock my five o'clock sorry on the Monday so he could the fire was on the Wednesday like, he could have gone in and out of the house for yeah. those three days you know before setting the fire done whatever he wanted and taking whatever and he stuff. wanted and then there was obviously quite so it was, there was it was years later from what I recall just you're saying you're a thief Henry yeah that um when Dennings discovered them yeah do you know 
Um, but also it was said that um, is it possible that you know um, someone the actual person to blame for it had put them there to come back for after afterwards you know after mm-hmm. let's say after Henry had let's say hung for the crime but yeah. this is again later this is years later I think did I say seven years I think so um, so like well, why hasn't he come back from yet? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, if someone well, put like, them the, there, the fact that it was buried around shrubbery, shrubbery that, that he himself planted. Yeah, do you know? It says a lot, and like it's if it was someone suspicious. else, you wouldn't leave it there for seven years. You're going to come back a few months later or a few weeks later, yeah. or uh, you know, and sell them or pawn them or I don't know, keep them um, or something. It's very suspicious. Um, but and like, what can you really do with? Then again, maybe he took them and didn't realise they were engraved and then buried them with no intention of getting them back mm. because of the engravings being like, okay, if this is in the news, what happened? Or, do you know, on the newspapers at the time, they, yeah. um, he people might know. Like, he could have travelled with them. Like, he could have come to Cork. He could have gone back to England, throwing another England, attempted murder onto the rap. And, you know, tried to pawn them somewhere outside of Dublin. Where yeah, the where the case would have, like, you know, well like, I suppose, like, I, I assume the Irish Times back then would have been just as big as it is now, especially if not bigger, because people yeah. focused on newspapers much more back then, because there was no... There was no social you know, media, there yeah, was no... I don't like, think there was... There would there have been radio and television then, maybe? Radio, maybe. Television, radio, I'm not yeah. so sure about. Uh, television, I don't think... Well, um, In 1926. When was the fucking television invented? <laughs> I don't know, I'm feeling quite... Um, um, but I assume anyway, even if it was, it wouldn't be, uh, I, I assume back in that kind of time period, even if they had televisions, it wouldn't be something that a lot of people had. It no. would have been the, the 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 rich and the well-off that would have had them if they even existed. Okay, so on January 26th, 1926, John Logie Baird, a Scottish inventor, gives the first public demonstration of a true television system in London. That's quite so ironic. TV was only just... Literally, to, that year, two months yeah. before this happened. Um, oh, but then it also says... Okay, so it was kind of 1925, on 25th of March 1925, Baird gave the first public demonstration of televised silhouette images in motion. So not what we know... As a proper yeah, kind of display, so, so but like the the, the starter point of it. But in the nineteen twenties, it would have more so been kind of radio. In the late twenties, yeah, especially late twenties, anyone like you wouldn't be able to afford a TV. Yeah, and like I, I know this family was kind of well to do, but TVs wouldn't have been very mainstream back. Yeah, then. and you, I suppose you wouldn't have. They might not have even had the interest. No. Um, so then it was kind of said, did Denning's discovery further confirm Henry McCabe's guilt or did it indicate that somebody else was guilty of these murders and they later buried the evidence um, after McCabe had been executed for them? So I haven't read it out yet. But um, that's what I wanted to double check. And that brings to a conclusion the case of the Malahide murderer or the Malahide murders, Henry McCabe. And, you know, it is. Um, I do think it's very, very unlikely that someone went to the trouble of finding a shrub that Henry McCabe had planted. Yeah, and I highly doubt they managed to just do it there and it coincidentally ended up being, you know, where... Yeah, yeah so um, I, I'm... they also, how would they know that it was going to be found? Yeah. Like, and uh, also, if you were just leaving it there, why wouldn't you come back for it? Mm-hmm. Unless the intention was you didn't want them to be found and you were just trying to get rid of them somewhere, but... Yeah. But still, know. the chances of someone else being the murderer... Um, and and the thief and not coming back to make him profit off it or even just managing to bury them somewhere that Henry McCabe had actually physically planted that shrub himself yeah exactly very slim no it it was Henry yeah (laughs) good old Henry like also if he was the gardener and he spent so much time there and I'm assuming 
it was probably there at least you know maybe every day or every couple of days and like with someone to be there so often with him dying on the Monday and him not f- discovering a fire that had clearly been started in multiple places the fireman said uh-huh. so an intentional thing so like it was him yeah just like you know I think yeah I agree with the the Gardaí I the would be Gardaí I would be on board with the Shia Kana for that mm-hmm. but yeah so that's that is the almost 100 year old case that's an interesting case I never heard of that case yeah, and I didn't, like I said, there really wasn't much about it. Like, even when I typed it in, like, I typed on YouTube to see if there was any videos, and I found, I don't think I found anything. Mm. Or at least not anything that I found personally worth watching that I hadn't already gathered information about. Um, but yes, so that's um, it. Um, so the moral of the story today is please don't be a mass murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do, however, decide to do it, break the door from the outside, not from the inside. Um, don't bury evidence where you're known to have worked. Um, guard a vet your gardeners. Fact yeah. check. Background check. You know, you if can you never be too house, careful. If you buy a house... Don't just keep the staff. Check. Look into them. Look. Double <laughs> check sus- it. Be suspicious. Be suspicious. Save suspicious. your life. Ring around. Do some digging. Find out if he's in the past tried to kill his woman. You know. His bior. And still only got a year and three months for it. But anyway. Yeah. That's that in the legal system. And then got then, out and killed six more people. Yeah. Um... But anyway, yeah, so ideal moral of the story is uh, not to be Don't an be arsehole. Um, but yeah, so thanks Don't for listening, me. guys. Um, as per usual, check out our Instagram, at Twisted Talks Pod. Give us same five stars, because we're class. Exactly, same on Twitter. Um, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, as Tanya said, give the give five stars. Um, you can find us on Facebook as well. Um, we're everywhere. We're everywhere. You, can't you cannot escape, escape. Us. yeah. Bit like the victims, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, all due respect to them, all the same. But anywho, right, with that, I bid you adieu, ciao for now, and we will speak to you later. Talk to you later. We'll wreck your head again next week. Yeah, ciao. Bye.